When the Trump administration's latest budget proposal came out earlier this year, there weren't all that many surprises, with the exception of our food assistance program, which was proposed to be drastically revised. Once I started digging into it, I found all kinds of ways that this administration seemed to be attacking Americans on food stamps. Hey, welcome to Bite-Sized Food Policy, where I deconstruct the state and federal policies that affect our farms, farmers, and every food you eat. I'm your host, Alana Williams. Thanks for joining me. But before we start this episode, a little celebration is in order for the hardworking farm laborers in New York because Governor Cuomo signed into law Senate Bill S6578 that enacted the Farm Laborers Fair Labor Practices Act that we talked about in last episode that gives them bargaining rights and unemployment benefits. And so yay for that. That's really, really wonderful. And it's hopefully going to change lives in a really meaningful way. All right, back into the episode. Earlier this year, the Trump administration released their 2019 budget proposal, which pretty unsurprisingly slashes popular safety net programs, including the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, which for many years was called food stamps. This program is enormously costly at about $70 billion a year, but that's only because there are close to 40 million people in America who rely on food assistance and each one of those might get around $100 a month. Trump's budget suggests we cut the program by almost a third over the next decade. Part of the justification behind literally taking food away from families was this idea that SNAP is riddled with fraud. Critics of the program have cited the story of Rob Undersander, who was also dubbed the Minnesota Millionaire. Since... Eligibility for SNAP is determined only by your income. Undersander was able to receive benefits for a year because he was retired and not making any income, despite having a million dollars in his savings. His point was just that the sign-up process should be a little more rigorous, but now his story is being used as reason to cut the program, despite there actually being very little evidence of fraud on the whole. And now a brief history lesson to explain this misconception. Food stamps first came to be in 1939, which, as we all know, the Great Depression, was a time of high unemployment and a lot of surplus food. So in the beginning, they literally used blue and orange colored stamps, and that's how it got its name. Fast forward to the 1970s and 80s, food stamp fraud was at an all-time high and it was wasting hundreds of millions of government dollars. So that prompted the creation of kind of like a debit card called the Electronic Benefit Transfer, or EBT. So from here on, money would be wired directly from the government to the purchaser, and it made purchases so much easier to track, and it also reduced a lot of the stigma because it just looked like a normal card. Nowadays, with this system, the rate of fraud is actually at only 1.5%, which, stated another way, means that about 99% of the money spent by the SNAP program, that $70 billion a year, goes to the people it's meant to go to. Last year, Trump's budget proposal suggested we change how we give out food assistance from money loaded onto an EBT card 
to a box of food delivered to your door. Here's White House Budget Director Mick Mulvaney answering questions about the proposed program in 2018. Food stamps. Uh, a couple of changes there. We'll hit the highlights. Um, you may have heard about this already. The food box program, one of the most innovative things, a tremendous idea. So what we do is propose that for folks who are on food stamps, part, not all, part of their benefits come in the actual sort of, and I don't want to steal somebody's copyright, but a blue apron type program where you actually receive the food instead of re receive the cash. Um, it, it lowers the cost to us because we can buy prices at wholesale, where they, they, whereas they have to buy it at retail. It also makes sure that they're getting nutritious food, um, so we're pretty excited about that. Okay, now, at first glance, what he says makes sense. But once you look deeper, you start to see that it's not actually a tremendous idea. First of all, the box would have been filled entirely with non-perishables. So, think of canned foods, peanut butter, cereal, shelf-stable milk. So, from a nutritional standpoint, it's not awesome, because there's nothing fresh. Secondly, how would the boxes have been delivered? Especially in rural areas, where I imagine shipping starts to become pretty expensive. And also, would everyone receive the same exact items, despite huge variances in dietary needs or religious and cultural preferences? Because Blue Apron is made up of fresh ingredients, and you get to choose what meals you'd like, and they give you everything you need to make it. There's a really good chance that Trump's box would have given you pasta sauce, even though you already had pasta sauce, and what you really needed was more pasta. Luckily, the idea was shot down by critics such as Stacey Dean of the Center of Budget and Policy Priorities, who called it radical and risky, and said the idea of it saving the government money was ill-informed at best. But on July 24th of this year, the Trump administration had a new idea that would kick about 3.1 million people off of SNAP benefits, according to the USDA's own figures. And yeah, they can actually do that because many states have allowed less restrictive eligibility criteria to join SNAP to make it so that if a family is already eligible for a program called Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, then they're automatically eligible for SNAP as well. Because it just makes sense and it cuts down on unnecessary paperwork. But U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue believes this is like a loophole that needs closing. He said for too long, this loophole has been used to effectively bypass important eligibility guidelines. And that too often, states have misused this flexibility without restraint. The proposed rule would add new restrictions for eligibility that millions of people will have trouble meeting. The USDA also revealed that this would affect 500,000 children's access to free school meals, because whether a child is eligible for free breakfast and lunch is determined by whether their parents are on SNAP. When asked why the budget proposal was cutting all funding to an after-school program that provides snacks and meals to low-income children, Mick Mulvaney responded like this. After-school programs generally, they're supposed to be educational programs, right? And that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to help kids who, can't, who don't get fed at home get fed so they do better in school. Guess what? There's no demonstrable evidence they're actually doing that. Oh boy. There are so many things wrong with this statement, I 
don't even know where to begin. Academic performance shouldn't be the only reason the government feeds students in need, first of all. Secondly, yes, it does benefit their academic achievement. A 2014 report done by the CDC found students who eat breakfast in the morning get better grades and better test scores and have reduced absenteeism. Hungry students are proven to be more likely to fail or repeat a grade and have trouble focusing. We already know this! Ugh. On top of that, in May of this year, the Office of Management and Budget proposed that we change how inflation is used to calculate the definition of poverty. This could also majorly affect who's eligible for nutritional assistance. I did some research on this because I'm not an economist, and I learned that the way we currently calculate inflation that informs what it means to be in poverty is a very outdated system, and it could use some updating. However, I don't think a deep-seated drive for accuracy is what's motivating the Trump administration to change it now. Lowering the inflation rate would mean that the poverty level will rise more slowly, meaning that fewer people will qualify for government assistance programs like SNAP. From the government's perspective, this saves money, and it could even be a way to claim that poverty rates are decreasing under your administration. Like, congratulations, you're no longer poor, because we just decided that your income no longer qualifies as being poor. Okay, so to review, the Trump administration has proposed changing eligibility requirements for SNAP, to exclude over 3 million people and their children from receiving government-sponsored food assistance. And it wants to redefine poverty to ensure that even less people qualify for food aid. And it wants to cut funding to the food assistance program by a third. I don't know about you, but trying to spend as little as possible on social safety net programs while increasing funding in other areas, like the military, kind of just feels like an attack on the poor. Luckily, a lot of these ideas are just ideas that don't stand a very good chance of making it through Congress. And as always, if you want to make your voice heard, the comment period to close that loophole on SNAP eligibility and kick 3 million people off it ends on September 23rd. And the comments that are already up there are pretty great. So just go to regulations.gov and search for revision of categorical eligibility in SNAP and leave your comment there. All right, that's the episode. Thanks so much for watching. I'm new to Apple Podcasts, so please be sure to subscribe and rate my podcast before you go and tune in next time. And as always, visit my website, choosegoodfood.com, for my sources and additional reading. Bye!